Welcome back to Scotty and Goss on this Wednesday morning. Well, Scotty, the news came through yesterday from Peter Bowley. He gave a uh, fairly passionate post on social media that his B sample had come back, um, of course, with a uh, with a negative yes. result, which uh, has a big relief for him and a big relief for everyone. And, and a man who's been at the coalface of all of this for him is his lawyer, Paul Green, international sports lawyer, global sports advocates in the States. And uh, Paul's been pretty strong in his uh, uh, response to all of this, the way the whole thing's been handled, but he's been kind enough to join us on the show. Paul, appreciate your time. What's your, what's your overall um, reaction to yesterday's news? Well, I was naturally elated. I knew that Peter was innocent. I just believed it in my guts. I talked to him. We went over everything. It made no sense. I told everyone that a month ago when we did this initial round of, of interviews, and it turned out I was right. Uh, Sport Integrity Australia can decide they want to keep an investigation open, but there's nothing to find out. I mean, he didn't do anything. His, his sample didn't confirm what they thought. The case is over. So, I, you know, we're, we're all elated and relieved. And we're hoping Pete can now just get back to a somewhat of a normal existence again. You are concerned that the original sample, the A sample, was released. the The result of that was released. You weren't. You don't agree on that. Is that the normal process that the A sample is no. released? That, tell us more. No, it isn't a normal process. I mean, there's no mandatory requirement that it be kept quiet, but normal practice is that it is particularly in such high-profile cases. And, in fact, they initially agreed to keep it quiet, but then called me and told me there had been a leak, and that's why they had to release it. So that's why I said the way it was handled, the fact that there was a leak, that needs to be figured out. I mean, somebody did something they shouldn't have. That's not okay. And, you know, the cases go back in time to the beginning of the anti-doping world and say that there's strict liability on the athlete. The standard is equally high on the organizers of the anti-doping movement as well. It's double strict liability. Strict liability on them and strict liability on athletes. So they need to be held to the same high standard. Athletes are held to an impossibly high standard. And they're accused, in this case, wrongly, besmirched, and then not even, they won't even admit that they messed it up because they put out a statement saying something to the effect that the investigation remains open when, in fact, they have no evidence of anything. That's the problem that I we were spoke about it last week or the week before, Paul Goss and I, and we're talking about how much mud sticks you know, when you get accused of something like that, um, and with the leaking of the A sample, which, as you say, should never have ever happened. There's there's some mud that sticks. There's, his, his reputation has been tainted, albeit unfairly. It's true to the extent that somebody wants to be a cynic and not believe him. I suppose that, yes, this always will be out there that he was wrongly accused. People are wrongly accused of things all the time in our justice system. Whether or not everyone chooses to believe that they were wrongly accused or not, I suppose, is up to them. Everyone's entitled to an opinion about whatever. It's not necessarily a valid one, but I can tell everyone that Pete is innocent in this case. And I just, you know, I think... Australia seems to be behind him, which is good, because he told me one of the things that's kept him going is how much everybody stood by him. And that's that's the most important thing for these athletes. I mean, I've been doing these cases a long time. And, you know, when you have when you lose your community, that's the worst thing that could happen to a person. Um, It really is. And all think of it in our own world. 
Imagine we were all accused wrongly tomorrow and told we could no longer have our job. Boom. Just like that. I mean, it happened immediately. And you're torn from your community. You can't go back to work. You have to go somewhere else completely isolated from the world. That's what happened to him. Paul Green is the lawyer, of course, uh, and supporter of Peter Boll, whose B sample came back negative, leading to his provisional suspension being lifted. But Sports Integrity Australia have kept the case open because they want to know how that uh, first sample came back with a positive. Uh, Can I ask you, Paul, and I don't want to read between the lines, or a straight-up question. Does Peter Boll have grounds for any legal action against parties with uh, for defamation, image branding, damage, whatever that may be going forward? There certainly have been cases in the past where, in similar situations, athletes have successfully brought cases against labs and that sort of thing. Um, whether or not he'll do that, we have to still figure that out. We haven't really... We want to, I want to let the dust settle before we have a discussion about that kind of thing. Paul, how does it happen? How does a A sample come back positive and a B sample negative? Is there contamination along the way? Is their process is not up to speed, which allows contamination? I don't understand how he can test positive to a banned substance in one sample and not the other. Yeah. Good question. So the EPO test is a very different test than a normal normal substance test. Most of the substances, think of 95 to 98%, even higher, are 100% synthetic. And when they get detected in the urine, there's no issue. The substance is in there. We know the body doesn't produce that substance, like a chlorinated compound, an anabolic steroid, um, a, a stimulant. All these things are detected in the urine. There's no way that got in your body other than you taking it from some outside source. So those are straightforward cases. The EPO test seeks to distinguish naturally occurring EPO, which we all have naturally occurring EPO. The kidneys produce it in various ways. And and also, you know, with COVID in different places, the body can get tricked into artificially producing more EPO. And the structure between that and what would be recombinant EPO, what happens with recombinant EPO, synthetic EPO, is that these producers, wherever they are, make EPO by producing it in like rats, and then they'll extract it, and it creates an EPO you would inject into your body. They're very similar, and the difference, the way that they're detected differently is by density and other, and other things that aren't straightforward. And so they do this analysis with a gel, sort of like the way they test for DNA, where they're trying to determine different weight densities of this gel, and one, a recombinant or a synthetic EPO would have a different density than a naturally occurring EPO. But on the margin, sometimes it's very difficult. Also, the test sometimes is, is subject to user error, that you can use too much urine on one of these lanes in the EPO test and overload the sample and make the smudge improper. And so there's a lot of opportunity for subjective analysis and user error in this particular test. And that's why I think they just got it wrong the first time. I don't think there even was a false positive. I don't think there was a positive. I think they just got it wrong. But I haven't even seen the lab packet to know what happened. Yeah, can it, again, this is, again, Peter at this stage is, is clear, and we're, we're absolutely thrilled for him. He's uh, uh, one of WA, where we are calling you from's finest. We love him. Uh, he's popular. Oh, he's... He, he loves the fact, by the way, he told me specifically to give a shout-out to Perth. 
That's my American way of saying it. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, he loved the fact that everybody in Western Australia stood by him where he's from. I mean, that meant the most to him. Yeah, well, he really did. Well, his front page news here on our on our daily paper, a double page spread, ban sham, a second drug test says, bowl no cheat, a beautiful picture of him with his mum and dad and all his, his family. Uh, Paul, this is probably not in your area, but could it, could it, could the first test, and you say it's not, shouldn't have been, it might have been a, just a dud sample or whatever it may be, could it be someone that he trains with or is associated with and somehow that gets into the system? Is it, is it, can it be as simple as that? Well, for a lot of drugs, it could. Um, there are certain drugs that it could be from skin-to-skin contamination, believe it or not, Uh, oral contamination, food contamination, water contamination. These things are all possible. I've had cases with sex contamination, water contamination, food contamination, kissing contamination, skin contamination. It's unbelievable what's out there in the world today with environmental contamination. You know, if you do enough research into what gets put into our food system, what they inject into cattle – what they inject into you know chickens and what they is in our in our water, you'll become a vegan who eats nothing but tofu and drinks bottled water all the time. I mean, <laughs> well, so that's, all that for me, Paul. Paul that, all that means for me is that I'm not going to do any research. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. He loves well, his I mean, food. Look, if the three of us were t- if the three of us were tested right now, it's possible at the same level one of us would test positive just yeah, from right. the stuff we ingest. That's how hard it is for these guys. Plus, if you take a multivitamin, you buy at the supermarket. Uh, protein powder, things that are normal for everyday Americans and Australians to take, they have stuff in them. So in a normal case, yes, but EPO is very unique in that it really can't be passed that way. It has to be injected into the body. Hey, Paul, did you tell Peter that his sample was, had B sample had come back negative? Did he tell you? I would love to know that conversation or that No, 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 it, no, because I'm his, I'm his lawyer. The communication came to me. And then I told him with a couple of expletives in there, which I'll keep as attorney-client privilege, but we celebrated, you know, and, uh, you know, it was a good celebration. You're not his coach, but can you equate how far behind the eight ball he is having having dealt with this over the last couple of months and where he sits in regards to world champs and the likes, which are just around the corner? I think he's going to be fine. I think he might delay the start of his season a little bit. So maybe he won't start racing, you know, for a month or two later than he normally would. But since World Championships are a bit later this summer, they're in late August, that actually might be okay for him. I think he'll be fine. Oh, that's great Plus, news. you've got uh, Diamond League. Diamond League is going to be in Eugene at the end of September in, in the United States for the first time. So the, the season's kind of backloaded, maybe a month longer than it norm, later than it normally would be. So I think he's going to be fine in terms of the timing. I don't know his schedule yet, but I, I'm just guessing he'll probably start a little bit later. Great stuff. Well, we're absolutely thrilled for the news. Um, are you in constant dialogue now trying to get this Sports Integrity Australia to move on and, and rule a line? I mean, how, how long is this going to drag out for before we get the absolute 100% green light? If you wanted to get them on, we could do an on-air debate about it. That would be great. Oh, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't think they're going to listen to to whatever I say anyway, but 
I mean, I don't know. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter to me because they're not going to find anything out. But we'll cooperate, of course, with whatever they want us to do. Well, you're the We've most got nothing to hide. Well, you're the most popular lawyer um, uh, in, in Australia right now. You're actually probably the most I've got, popular. I've got to come to Perth now. Yeah, you do. Oh, mate, you'll be a ticket tape parade. Ticket tape parade for you when you arrive here. Peter Bowles, that popular. I, I, if you guys are going, if you guys are going to plan the parade, I'll figure out the trip. Uh, fantastic stuff. Them. Well, you're more popular in Perth right now than Patrick Mahomes, and that's saying something. Uh, well, you know, I think he deserves to be more popular than I do, but it's all right. I'll well done, it. Paul. Thanks for flying the flag for our man, uh, right. and Take we look care, forward guys. to it. Good on you, mate. There he is, Paul Green, international sports lawyer and the lawyer of our man, Peter Bollum. It is great news, and let's hope that we can rule a line and move on. This is Scotty and Goss.